Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blue Crew, a New York Rangers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, joined by my good friend and co-host, Cody Frankel. We've got an awesome episode today and a great interview with Alan Hahn, the New York Knicks studio host for MSG Networks. Talked a lot about hockey with him, talked a little Knicks, talked a little Yankees, a little Jets, kind of everything in New York sports. Uh, A lot going on right now in New York sports, but Mm -hmm. before we go any further, Cody... What's going on, man? I know it's a big day for you, Aaron Rodgers. Huge, huge day. Um, it's not confirmed yet, though, but like That's all not. the Jets players are tweeting it. And mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's not like official. I, I mean, in, you so know, it's the same thing as the Patrick Kane trade. Yes, it's it's <laughs> done, and they're like, it's not confirmed. They're all waiting on either Schefter, she- yeah, Schefter, Schefter <laughs> or or Rapshi to, to tweet. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like, you know, in football, that's what confirms it. Uh, but no, it's dude, it's huge. It makes them instant, it, it makes them instant contenders, which is wild. Um, and now you know, New York sports has so many superstars, which is yeah. insane. Yeah. So I'm very excited. And, you know, they're making this move to try and win a Super Bowl in the next two years. Like, that is what the move is for. Um, can they get it done? Like, he's definitely talented enough, but, you know, he had a bad season last season. So it's like, is that a decline or is, was that just a bad season? Cause everybody has them. So mm-hmm. it's going to be exciting. Um, you know, I think it's really good for the team. They deserve it. Uh, and I'm fucking stoked. Definitely a super fun time to be a New York sports fan. We talk a lot about that with Alan Hahn, but before we get any further, I want to talk about a brand that is near and dear to my heart. There's a store right on my block and that is Faraday. I've officially become an ambassador for Faraday. It's my favorite clothing brand. And, Uh, I've struck up a deal with them, a partnership with them that I am going to offer to our lovely Blue Crew listeners. But I do want to talk a second about the company as a whole. Faraday is inspired by the sun and waves. It's a family brand that's all about guaranteed for life, high quality clothing and legendary comfort and good vibes. It was founded by twin brothers, Alex and Mike, their mom, Ninny and Carrie, Alex's wife. Faraday grew out of their longtime love of the surf and mountains, road trips and beach bonfires. You all know the feeling. They're passionate about craftsmanship and sustainability, and their clothes get even better with age. Every piece is designed to be a lifetime favorite, and if anything happens along the way, they'll replace or fix your clothes for life no matter what. Faraday has the perfect mid-season layers for spring, like the best-selling soft and stretchy legend sweater shirt that has thousands of five-star reviews. I'm actually wearing the Stretch Terry Five Pocket shirt right now. It's probably the favorite shirt that my favorite shirt that I own, actually, if we're being honest. I know you'll find something that you love at Faraday and the hype around their comfortable clothing is real. I literally wear Faraday almost every time I go to a bar on a date, uh, even Ranger games or when I'm doing a skate with BR Open Ice, I wear the Faraday shirt jacket. I'm a big shacket kind of guy. So right now, Faraday is giving all of you lovely Blue Crew listeners 20% off on every order. You heard me. That's 20% off on every order. Just head to FaradayBrand.com and use code Lazarus20 at checkout to get this deal. That's code Lazarus20 at Faraday. F-A-H-E-R-T-Y brand.com for 20% off. And get this Stretch Terry 5 pocket shirt to match me because I love it and I think it looks pretty good on me. Cody? I think it looks good on you too, but I would really appreciate it if you never say the word jacket ever again. Well, that's not possible because jackets are my favorite clothing item. And for people who don't understand, it's a shirt jacket. 
pretty obvious. I think we all got it, my friend. Been a crazy week with the Rangers. They haven't looked their best. They haven't looked their worst. A lot of love, a lot of hate right now going on in Ranger land. Cody, overall vibe. We don't need to dive too deep because we have a lot uh-huh. of fan questions. We have literally a shit ton of fan questions to get to, and a lot of them address what we're going to talk about. But right now, just you and I, no fan questions yet. Your overall vibe on the week, the team, Kane, Tarasenko, where's your head at? Um, It doesn't feel great, honestly. It doesn't feel great. I, I'm, I'm not in panic mode or anything. I mean, we, we rattled off a couple wins. We're, we're playing okay, but I don't feel great. We have, we have one regulation win in our last 12 games. Like, that is not good. So that's it. <laughs> that's um, it. Yeah. Cutting it, cutting it cold right there. Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I, I don't think anyone right now can pause or can say they have a great feeling about this team. Uh, if there's one positive takeaway, I thought Igor played great against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, you yeah, know, he's kind of looking back to form a little bit. Uh, that's definitely a, a positive. I mean, Patrick Kane has been producing a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. That's also nice to see. I mean, you know, the three-on-two goal the Rangers scored against Pittsburgh where Kreider had to finish. Patrick Kane has the net drive that, you know, takes the defenseman with him to leave Kreider wide open. So Kane has done some good things. He hasn't really been all that bad. He hasn't been all that good. But, you know, there is still 15-plus games left in the season, a lot of time to figure it out. And this week is going to be a huge week with back-to-back games at home against the Penguins, and those games are always super fun. So I, I don't think it's the time to really stress or really worry, but you know, these couple games this week will be a huge telltale sign of where this team is fully at, you know, in somewhat of a three-game series against the Penguins. Uh, with that being said, I guess, do you want to dive into fan questions? Let's do it. All right, so our first one is from our boy, MYRocky93. Having doubts GG can write the ship before playoffs. Are you guys worried? I think it's a very valid question. Uh, proud of you, Rocky. And... <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's safe it's safe to be a little worried. There's you know a, a lot of line changes that have been going on lately. Uh you know, they just made that dramatic change to the power play and and it's done pretty well like the past couple games, but they still haven't found their groove and they're inconsistent. They're these close 2 to 1, 3 to 2 games in overtime and and it's not a great feeling like even even though you're winning like yeah of course you're excited in the moment but it's not a great feeling and they have 16 games left this season to figure their shit out that is not a lot of time that's three weeks so i'm a little worried in the sense of yeah i i mean they just need to figure like I, i don't know what else i can say other than they need to get chemistry and they need to get it now. The vibe needs to be figured out with like seven or eight games left. You know, I give another little window here to, to have some growing pains and and some room to figure things out. I mean, but the schedule is not going to be very easy. There's two games against the Penguins this week. There's two games against the Hurricanes next week. You know, you got the Devils again. You got the Panthers, the Leafs. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of good teams coming up, so... A lot of teams to definitely measure yourself against. And, you know, we said last week the game against Boston was a huge measuring stick, but, mm-hmm. you know, still no Ryan Lindgren. He's a huge piece that's missing. Once he's back, I think it'll be a little more uh, tame or, or put together. So until then, you know, once we have that full roster, it's, it's obviously a little hard to tell. But as far as Gerard Gallant goes, um, you know, we kind of know what to expect from him at this point, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think he's going to make so many crazy changes that, that spark this team. 
Um, the line changes will probably continue, but if there's any X's and O's, that's probably not going to happen. Um, but I, I do think the guys love playing for him and, you know, hopefully they figure it out. That's really, it's, it's all hypothetical, right? It's, it's hopefully yeah. they figure it out because I don't think anything crazy is changing. You know, maybe leadership steps up or, you know, the team gets a little more physical or, or what, I don't know, but having Lingren back is definitely a huge step in the right direction. I would say. Agreed. And, and one other thing I'll say is Patrick Kane seems to have found his groove. So yeah. Yeah. He's he's looked really good. Next question from Bam Daniels, a good one as well. Bring back one of Zuccarello, Bucinevich, Shea, Pionk, or JT Miller to the current lineup. Who is it? Okay, first of all, I don't even know why Shea and Pionk are in that. I I, I guess just because they're defenders, but mm -hmm. pass on those two guys. We don't need them. Here's the thing, right? I would love Bucinevich, I would love Zuccarello, and I would love JT Miller. But I don't know where the hell you're playing any one of those guys. Who are you taking out at you know out of out of the top nine to throw one of those guys in? I mean, if we're doing a hypothetical, I well, it definitely is a hypothetical. We're not doing yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, to me, yeah. the, the answer is probably Bucinevich. I mm -hmm. think he just found his his stride the the year we were about to trade him, and then we did trade him, and then he broke out. So he would be the one guy for me. I think, you know, give me as many Russians on this team as possible. So I actually am going to disagree with you here. That's fine. For, for me, it's Brady Shea. You know, I think he's a, smooth, he's a smooth skating, uh, you know, good breakout puck moving defenseman that I think we could really use instead of like a Ben Harper, you know, or, or a Nico Mikula. Um, not that those guys have been horrendous, but they haven't been standouts, I guess. I, I just think Brady Shea is another strong guy on the left side. And, and you're not getting the Brady Shea that played here. You're getting the Brady Shea now. Who's, you know, had a pretty good career with the Hurricanes. Um, he's right. You know, he's no, he's he's not like. Listen, he's not going to be a top pair defenseman, but I think he's another solid guy that can break the puck out and at least use his legs to skate. I actually watched yeah. him last night. I was at the Devils Canes game. I thought he played pretty decent, but yeah, I would take Brady Shea probably out of those that group just because I also don't know where the forwards fit. Like you said, our next one from Sorkin Matthew. Would you at least consider, in air quotes, scratching Artemi Panarin for one game only? What What would the point of that be? Yeah, I agree. I don't think there's any point to doing that. That's, like, you, yeah, Panarin's not a guy you need to like fire up. Like, you know you, what you're you gonna get from him. Yeah, yeah. You don't need to send a message to Panarin. Like, for mm -hmm. example, in the Penguins game, he knows he fucked up. He yeah. literally spurned the media and went right home because he was probably so pissed off. I don't think scratching him would do any good, um, other than like cause a rift in the team. So, yeah, I I completely agree with you. I think if anything, it'd be like a media stunt or something. You know, just to cause some ruckus, but yeah, I don't think scratching Panarin really will do anything. It's not like he's going to come out and like throw the body and fight right, somebody. Right, yeah. right, right. You, you know, what you're getting from him. Uh, the next one from Eric Weinberger five. Laffy and Kako must score more, right? So just to give a little heads up on that, in the last ten games, Alexi Lafreniere has four goals, zero assists. Philip Hedel, he he wasn't included, but the kid line will just include anyway. Philip Hedel, zero goals, two assists in his last 10 after having that really hot streak. Zero goals. Caco, yeah, zero goals. And Capo Caco, one goal, two assists in his last 10 games. So the kids Hedl, have been quiet. Hedl's, uh, you know, I guess he's afraid to get that 20th goal. He is 19, I think. Mm -hmm. Kids have been quiet. That's for they sure. They have been quiet. Uh, right now, Hedl has 37 points, Caco, 32, and Loff, 32 as well. Um Loff and Kako are literally on pace for 40 points and Heedle's like 43 or 44, I think. Uh, yeah, they, they got to produce more, right? When that kid line was going, we were buzzing. But when we're having a third line on this team that's just not there and producing four points total 
out of that line over 10 games, like that's not good for anyone. That's why we are winning these games or losing these games, scoring under three goals. We need, need, need that line to start scoring goals. It's also just really scary that like Barclay Goodrow is right up there with Lafreniere and Kako. Oh, totally scary, dude. Yeah. It's that's insane. Like, it, I mean, listen, he's, you know, he's seven points behind, but it's close enough. It's mm-hmm. close enough for me. Like, you know, he, they should be, yeah. I mean, they should be worlds ahead. Um, they, they got to score more. That's it. All right. Let's go into the next one from Pat underscore bone four. After a stellar performance by Shesty on Sunday, are you optimistic about the playoffs? I need to see more than one game. I want to see him play. There's 16 games left. Let's say he gets 12 of those starts. I want to see him have eight good starts, like really, really stellar starts. Uh, You know, there, of course, will be a couple that are maybe shaky, a couple that are okay. But I Mm -hmm. want to see 75% of those starts be rock solid. Um, and then, and then I'll feel good. Uh, you know, I, I think it's really important for him to find this consistency over the next couple games. I completely agree. And just to read out a little stats in that, in that game, he stopped 32 shot or 32 of 33 shots for a nine, seven, zero save percentage. And in his last seven starts, Shesterkin's got a 3.09 goals against average and a 0.885 save percentage. So not his best stuff. But hopefully that performance does get him in the right direction. You know, he definitely kept the Rangers in the game the entire time. It wasn't their prettiest effort, but Panarin finds a way to score the overtime winner. And uh, you know, a lot of it is thanks to Igor. Um, yep. But yeah, definitely optimistic about playoffs. It's Igor Shosturkin. Um, You got to trust him at all times, right? Like even in those games against Pittsburgh where he wasn't great in that series, like he still found a way to, to help win the series. So, um, you know, let's go to the next one from Marky Ben. Forecheck looks awful. What does GG need to do to get more offensive zone pressure? You could take that one, hockey guy. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just the way the team plays. Like, this is something that we harped on before the deadline. This isn't a scary, in-your-face type of team. You know, the guys that are really heavy on the forecheck are not in the top six. Like, you know, Mika and Trocheck are pretty solid on the forecheck, I'd say. But as far as Kreider and Tarasenko, Tarasenko's actually thrown his body around a bit. He, he's really not that bad on the forecheck. But, mm. you know, Kane and Panarin, you're not going to get much from um at five on five at least you know the three on three or, or four on four Kane and Panarin are a little better I'd say at the four check but they're not aggressive hockey players it's just not who they are you know Capo Caco Hedl and Lafreniere they get a lot of their success because they're so strong on the four check especially Lafreniere honestly he's been really impressive I think on the four check uh in his young career um you know you don't really see number one overall players with that sort of aggressiveness on the four check but Listen, it's not something that GG can really control. It's just the way these guys play, and that's the concern that we had. Um, you know, they're a, a super skilled, a little too cute, talented kind of team, and they're not the in-your-face team that the Boston Bruins are. You know, they're not Brad Marchand. They're not Patrice Bergeron, who, you know, create a lot of scoring chances off of their forecheck. That's just not what this team is. Sorry, my roommate just walked in. Um, Let me shut the fuck up, bro. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> now I lost my, lost my train of thought. I was fucking on a good rant there. Um, but, yeah, what do you think? I lost my train of thought too. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. This isn't a heavy four, tra- four check team. And and when they look for, you know, change of pace kind of plays, they literally look to the captain, right? They look to Truba to set those big hits, lay someone out. Uh, Trocek it had, an, had an awesome hit on, on Malkin the first oh, time. We talk about that. Yeah. The second time, obviously, Malkin got him back. And then the third time we got away with that penalty. Um, and then obviously it led to the goal. But 
players look for that, right? They look for when they can sneak in a jab when the, the refs aren't looking and he got away with it. And it, it set the tone of the game, mm-hmm. saved us, got us a point and you know, whatever we walked away with a point, but uh, yeah, I think you're, uh, you're pretty spot on. Trotrek was a fucking animal in that game. Yeah. Yeah. He played. I, so that well. was, I think that was his best game that he's played or, or one of them. He's had some really good showings, though. He's had some good showings. But let's go into the next one. This is this is actually so. This is a very controversial question coming here. Jamie Tatis, how do you feel about players refusing to talk to media after losses like the one in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I listen. I understand the media's take from it, right? They need to report. They want to report when we're losing games. They want to ask the hard hitting questions, the tough questions. Uh, you know, they, they want players answers and, and the coaches answers in, in those situations. Uh, I think it's important because it kind of builds character, right? It shows character, uh, you know, charisma, adversity, whatever. But at the same time, if I'm a player and I'm losing, you know, a nail biter, the last fucking thing I want to do after it is get asked how bad we sucked. You know what I mean? So I totally see both sides of the spectrum there. I, I do think from like a media standpoint and a content standpoint and, you know, stuff like that, like, yeah, it's important that they, they uh, learn to kind of hold it in a little bit and, and speak with guys after the game. So I think, you know, to your point, I think seeing from both sides, like, listen, everyone has a bad day at work and you don't want to talk to anyone. When you're a professional athlete, part of the gig is talking to the media. You know, these people have a job to do as well. And it's okay. Listen, if you, if you do it once in a blue moon, I don't think it's a problem, but it's happened a lot of times this year where players just don't seem to be available after the game. And a lot of that has been goaltenders. Like I know it's a lot of Igor Shesterkin and Yaroslav Halak. At the end of the day, the media members are there because fans want answers and fans want access to these guys that they admire and they love. Like, you know, to so many young kids and even some adults, like the Rangers are their heroes. And, you know, when things go right, they should be able to hear why. And when things go wrong, they should be able to hear why. You know, this can definitely not become a trend. And there are a lot of people defending hockey players like and the people that compare it to their fucking everyday nine to five, I think are so wrong because it's not the same. You're not constantly critiqued at at your corporate job like these players are in everyday life, not even only on the rink, but also in their outside lives. If they're caught at a bar, if they're caught doing something, they're, you know, immediately uh, criticized for that stuff as well. So, listen, I, I think going forward. Players should speak. And if they don't want to say a lot, they don't have to. They can give one worded answers. And and, and that says yeah. a lot. You know, not saying something says a lot. That almost makes it still entertaining, too. If, you know, when Gerard Gallant decides to scratch Capo Caco and Emily Kaplan asks him that question, he just goes, nope. Decision to scratch Caco, break up the kids, and bring Dryden Hunt in? Nope. <laughs> okay. Well, you told us earlier. Like, I think that's that's good enough. That's something. Yeah. Both sides can be a little too hard. Like, players can be a little too hard on fans for getting too involved and too engaged and too ruthless. But then fans could be a little uh, uneasy about players not wanting to speak after a game. It goes both ways. But I do think that this can't be a standard. Like, players should have to speak at least 95% of the time after games. And listen, maybe let's just ask better questions. Don't ask the negative questions. Ask a positive one or or stuff like that. I think there's a lot of improvement that we could do on both sides for this to to not happen more than it already is. Yeah, valid. Let's go into the next one from Lauren Khaleesi. And this this is an interesting one. Do you think Kane is happy? Do you think the team is happy? It's important to be. Yeah, I do think Kane is happy. I think he's thrilled to be playing for something important and not just throwing away a season like like he has the last like three, four years, uh, maybe even longer at this point. 
Um, I definitely think he's, you know, happy to be part of something that's ultimately going to possibly bring him a, a title back. Right. Like that's, that's the end goal. Do I think the team's happy? Like it depends. I mean, I think they're having fun and I think they're, you know, they all like each other, but I think they want to play better. I think it's completely okay to want to play better and, you know, be hungry. I, I would say they're hungry for more. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I think they're happy. I just, I think they want to play better and I think they, they know they can play better. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're happy at the end of the day, they're all playing the NHL for the New York Rangers. Like, you yeah. know, whether they win or lose, they're going to be happy. That's kind of, you know, how it goes. Like, uh, uh, there are a lot of NHL players who like couldn't care less to fucking win, to be honest. Like they're just happy mm -hmm. to be there and happy to get the paycheck and happy to have the fame and success. But I, I do think this team obviously is not as happy as they could be. Like we've seen them when they're buzzing and, all the post-game hugs and all that stuff. And we're not seeing that right now. Um, but I do think, you know, all it takes is one little thing to get the momentum going in the other way, and then they'll be happy again. It's just kind of how it goes. But I do think Kane is happy. Uh, you saw the emotion when he scored his first goal against Montreal. Love that Selly, the, the vintage Kaner, like point and scrape ice and whatnot. You know, no Selly in Buffalo, but that goal obviously was a little bit different, not as fancy or, or nothing worth selling about. Uh, but yeah, I think overall they're happy. Let's go into the next one. We got Richie Williams. What line combinations do they need for the top nine in order to produce more scoring? I think they need to start stacking guys. I think I think the they don't score enough, and you can want to you know put this guy with this guy because it's tantalizing and super exciting. But I think they need to start stacking guys. I want to see I want to see Panarin's advantage at Kane. Like I want to see or or you know I want to see I want to see that line, and I want to see Kreider, Trocheck, Tarasenko. Fuck it. Leave the kid line together, whatever. Like, start putting your your superstars like on lines together and let them let them cook. Let them cook. Let them cook. Let that them first cook. line would be nuts. Nuts. It would be nuts. And and to me, it's like a no brainer. Like the mm -hmm. other lines aren't scoring enough. Fucking put Panarin and put Kane with Zibanejad and let them start scoring five goals a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I do like how Tarasenko's fit with Kreider and Mika though. Sure. I, I think he's been pretty but good. They're not scoring enough. They're not yeah. scoring enough. They're scoring on the power play, and that's it. They're the the same line is going to be out there for the power play, anyways. It's not affecting their every you know. I I kind of like the idea, and I don't want to separate the kid line at this point because I do think when they're buzzing, like this team is, you know, that's the heartbeat of the team. But man, I love the way Kako played with Zibanejad and Kreider in the earlier parts of the year. Like I, I don't know if if that's yeah, the best that recipe going forward. That was before they had two superstars on their team. Two more I know, but even throwing like Tarasenko with Heedle and Lafreniere, like is that a terrible line? I don't I don't know. There's so much room. That's that's the that's the hard part. Is like there's almost almost like too many options of line combinations you can do where it's like that's what makes it more complicated. Uh I don't think Kane and Panarin are gonna separate. Um I do think they could think be they a lot better. I don't think they need to. Yeah. I mean, I think they're two of your most talented guys. I think they just need to put them between, you know, and, and don't get me wrong. Trocek's been playing just fine, but I, I think Zibby can take them to a whole nother level, right? Yeah. So it's like... No, I, I just think Trocek is certainly a much better defensive I mean, look at the forward. Bruins, dude. Look at the Bruins. Like, they mm -hmm. have... They stack their three best guys on top of each other, and they're fucking insane. That yeah. first line is the best line in hockey. Yeah, I mean, they, they do some shifting as well, but a lot of that is because of injury. But yeah, like, I mean, also like, you know, they've had, I mean, their top six is pretty fucking good, but you know, they've had Jake DeBrusque step in on the first line who's played great all year. Like he's had a really good season. There's so many things that that can be changed in the lineup, but 
I think it's better to just keep it consistent and, and see if they can figure it out, at least for the next couple of games. Let's go over to Andrew Smith, 1399. Why the fuck have the Penguins <laughs> been getting every single call their way since 2008? JK, can you two do a bar draft for bars in NYC? Uh, yes, we will do uh, the draft segment today. will be the bars in New York City. And the Rangers-Penguins, okay, this might be a hot take, but as far as rivalries go, you could say the Islanders are devils, but I think Rangers-Penguins. Dude, Rangers-Penguins a rivalry is fucking insane. You, We went over this in the past, like what yeah. teams we hate the most. Yeah, I, by far, by fans. far, like it's not even fucking close for me. I I cannot stand the Devils and the Penguins. Like by far and away, those two teams. I mean, probably even the Penguins a little bit more than the Devils, just because as I was growing, like obviously we saw the you know the Devils rings like when we were very young. Yeah, but yeah. the past I don't know 10, 15 years, like the Penguins have been the fucking thorn in my side that won't go away, and they're mm-hmm. the team I cannot stand them. Cannot I wonder if Penguin it. fans feel the same though. Like, do you think they think they have a rivalry with us or like no? Yeah, of course, dude. We're the fucking Rangers, bro. Yeah, but they have the caps. Like, that's a rivalry. No, 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 no. They, dude, I remember during that playoff series, bro, I would tweet something random and 30 Penguins fans would yeah. be in my DMs. Like, literally 30 just fighting with mm. themselves. I'm like, yeah. okay. That was fun stuff. All right. Tyler Palumbo, when do we panic? <laughs> I feel like we can skip this one. Okay. We talked about it already. We don't panic in 10 games. Send us this question again. We'll yeah. See. All right. This is another another one we'll probably skip to. Rob Tab 25. When will I be a guest again? And that answer is never. So he let's was never go. a guest to begin with. He was when you weren't a host. It was before your time. Mm. Big Islander guy. We don't care about the Islanders, so he won't come on. Uh, and the last question from Anthony Governail. Besides missing Lingren, what else do you think our D is missing right now? That's it. He's the fucking catalyst for this team. I think they're missing him, and I think they just need to play better. They need to tighten up. Uh, they, they, you know, when teams are in our defensive zone, like they got to work harder to to clear the puck. They have to work harder to clear the puck. I think when we're in, I think when we are in our opponent's offensive zone, like we're buzzing. Like our D is buzzing too. They're all over. They're zipping around, e- even in the neutral zone. But I think when when we're in our own zone, like they're they're caught sleeping a little bit like they're caught sleeping a little bit and i think they need to wake up i think they need to tighten up and they sure as shit need lingering back so yeah and a lot of that stems from not having clean breakouts like that's really what it is like the amount of times i see the defenseman just fucking rim the puck around the boards like when you're a winger there is no worse feeling than like going to retrieve a puck that's rimmed around the boards knowing that the opposing d-man is pinching on you like you don't really have much room to make a play and, you know, aside from like Fox and Keandre, like all the defensemen just fucking rim the puck around the boards. I don't know what the breakout play is, um, but they got to figure out the clean breakouts because that's what leads to offense. And that's what leads to not being unorganized in your own end. So, like, you know, I think that's the issue right now is, you know, missing lingering with Fox. Fox, I think, feels a little more safe to make a play when he has lingering out there because he knows lingering does have his back. Like, I mean, listen, let's be honest. Adams turned the puck over in his own end a lot. You know, the first goal against Montreal, 35 seconds in, Foxy doesn't get the puck out, and Montreal capitalizes. You know, I think they just got to have cleaner breakouts. That's obviously easier said than done, but if you don't have anything, you got to go high glass and out. You can't just rim the fucking puck around the boards and, and trap your ringer, your wingers in their own zone. Like, it's, you know, it's something that you just learn early on in hockey, but a lot of teams are different on their forecheck, and a lot of teams are more aggressive, and some teams are a little more passive. Like, 
you know, the passive teams much easier to break the puck out against and the aggressive teams much harder. Uh, you know, like we saw them struggle against Boston because Boston's a super aggressive team. But, you know, I think that's it for fan questions. Anything else before we go into the interview with Alan Hahn? Um, no, I just, you know, quickly wanted to talk about one of our sponsors, Allbirds. Allbirds, shoes, clothes, socks. I guess socks are technically part of your clothes. Are amazing. <laughs> I was up in the Catskills this past weekend at, you know, in a cabin in the woods and it was cold as hell there. We were in the middle of a snowstorm, uh, six to eight inches. And I was wearing my Allbirds winter socks and I have no idea what I would have done without them. Cause my toes would have froze. Um, they were, they were honestly lifesavers. Uh, Allbirds is, you know, they, they have everything you need, uh, in terms of your clothes. They're so comfortable They're They, you know, their wool runners are their classic, uh, shoes and they're amazing. I would highly, highly recommend. I, I can't even count how many pairs of wool runners I have from Allbirds. Uh, they are just unbelievably comfortable. And, you know, you walk around in nature and just, just rock Allbirds. That's all I got to say. But, uh, yeah, you can use our code now and get a free pair of socks with any $99 or more purchase. So that's equivalent to about one pair of wool runners. Wool runners, I think, are $99. So mm-hmm. grab a pair and, and grab some of those winter socks. They're amazing. Our code is Blue Crew Dash Socks. That's all caps Blue Crew Dash Socks. And you'll get a free pair of socks with any $99 purchase. You, you won't regret it. Trust me. And with that, let's send it over to our guest, Alan Hahn. This week on the Blue Crew, we are very honored to welcome on a guy that I've loved watching my entire life, but related to the New York Knicks. As everyone knows, I'm a big Knicks fan, but some of you might not know he's also a huge hockey fan. You know him from ESPN Radio and MSG Networks. Welcome to the show, Alan Hahn. Alan, what's going on, dude? Boys, good to be here. I kind of feel weird calling you dude because you're somewhat of a superior to me, but I, uh, I'm just going <laughs> to rock with it. Dude, I can go with it. It makes me feel like younger, so you know, I- whatever works. Sounds good, bro. Uh, <laughs> bro's crossing the line. Yeah, bro's crossing yeah, the line. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to feel like I'm 14. So, you uh, know, like, dude at least feels a little more 20s, 30s-ish. But for sure. But let's, let's, let's go right into it because, you know, I grew up, you know, I'm a huge Knicks fan. Been watching the Knicks since the Marbury days or probably even before that. Like Clarence Witherspoon, I think, is the first name I even knew. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think most people right now associate you with the Knicks and with the NBA and with basketball. But you got your start in your career covering the Islanders. Can you talk about just you know how you came up in hockey and how it led you to getting into the NBA and the Knicks? Well, I'll take it all the way back, right? Because like my first love was hockey. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the first team I ever rooted for was the Yankees. When and that's in the late '70s, and for good reason, they were really good. I was the black sheep of the family. My parents were Met fans, so naturally I became a Yankees fan. My parents are diehard. My mother's still a diehard Rangers fan. My mm-hmm. sister, all of them. I mean, they just blue shirts forever. And I saw them lose in 79. I saw the Islanders lose in 79 to the Rangers. I wa- we watched that series. I was a little kid. And I, for some reason, was like, hey, we live on Long Island. Like, should not be our team. And my parents explained that they grew up in the city and they were more city people and that was their team. I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to root for them from now on. <laughs> And that paid off because it let you know right after that they won four straight cups. So it was just mm-hmm. sort of like the beginnings for me. I played street what hockey. Weird coincidence. <laughs> yeah, amazing. But hey, look, I rooted for them because they lost. But keep that in mind. I'm not no bandwagon uh-huh. jumper. But you know, we did all the typical Long Island stuff. Played played um street hockey. 
uh, you know, roller hockey, all that stuff. I had friends who played hockey. And so it was always in me. Like, I always loved the sport. But, you know, once I grew about 6'6", six, six, my dad's like, yeah, we're going <laughs> to have you play basketball. Yeah. And I always joked with my dad that when Eric Lindros was drafted number one overall at 6'6", six, six, I was like, you yeah, owe me like a million dollars, dad. Like, yeah, you picked the mm-hmm. wrong sport because 6'6 six, six isn't really big in the sport I'm playing. But in that sport, it's pretty big. Anyway, so I got into sports writing after college. And I was a part-timer kind of toiling around it at Newsday, um, just doing like, you know, high school stuff and and just trying to make my way. And in um, 1999, the Islanders beat had opened up and they offered it to me. And I jumped at it because it was like, for me, like a dream come true. It was something I always wanted to do is cover that team, but also cover hockey. So that's really where it started. It was just an opportunity that you know, the team wasn't very good. The franchise was felt like it was going to move at any moment. So no one really wanted the beat because they felt like, you know, this might last a year and, I, and the Not team stable. moves and now I don't have a job. Right. But yeah. I took it as a first chance opportunity to, to do a pro beat, be full time. And so I took it. And, you know, that year was was quite a year with the ownership change and, and everything else that went on. And Charles Wong came in. And so it's funny that year. I covered all three teams in the area. So the Islanders throughout that season, now it's 99-2000. Then the 2000 season, what happened at the end of that season with the Rangers? They fired everybody and, mm-hmm. you know, brought in Glenn Sather. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was a big story that they sent me to cover. And I ended up covering when the Rangers made all those major changes at the top, including bringing in a guy like Glenn Sather. And then I – and John Tortorella was the interim head coach uh, that took over us <laughs> that season – uh, so, you know, I covered the end of that year. And then when the season ended, they sent me to cover the Devils in the playoffs. And the Devils only did, ran on to win the Stanley Cup. And so that was such an amazing first-year experience for me. And then it led to uh, – I covered that sport all the way up until the lockout year. We lost the whole season. I covered the lockout. And um, and I covered the draft after that, which was really bizarre, but it also included Sidney Crosby. Mm-hmm. And then it was – you know, at that point, um, the, they, I, I really enjoyed doing it. And then the paper offered me the Knicks beat. And truth be told, I didn't want to take it. At that time, I said, no, I want to do this. I love what I'm doing. I love hockey. I love being involved in this sport. And they didn't give me a choice. It's no, you have to take this this beat. The Nick beat was another dream beat of mine. But at that time mm-hmm. in my life, it just didn't feel right. My father yeah. just passed away. You know, I just didn't want that kind of change in my life. But they made me do it, and I'll tell you what, I mean, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because, you know, so many things had opened up since then. But without the foundation of covering hockey and the experience I had doing it, it, you know, I wouldn't have been able to cover the Knicks and then go on to do the things I've been able to do since then. So it's it's still very important to me. It's still very big in our family's life. My mm-hmm. son plays. My youngest daughter's playing now. She does as well. So it's 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 a sport that has been near and dear since I'm a little kid, and it remains there. Who's so, better? So I have a, I, yeah, I was I was just gonna say that, and I, I Who's also better? Couple, yeah. Um, your son or your daughter? Well, I'll tell you what, my my daughter's a beast. I mean, she's seven years old, but she's a monster. Um, mm-hmm. She's a goal scorer. My son's a defenseman. Okay. So you know how, you know how it is. Like the goal scorers are fun to watch. The defenseman, you just like you constantly like as a parent, you just like yeah. constantly cringing. So. I have more fun watching my daughter play. I guess probably <laughs> the best way to put it. But my son's my son's pretty good. He's a pretty mm-hmm. good player. So, so are you raising them as Islanders fans or or Rangers or what? 
Well, my son became an Islanders fan. He's a diehard Islanders fan too. He's nuts. I took him to practice as a, as a toddler mm-hmm. because the team practiced at Syosset at yeah. Iceworks. And I lived not far from there. And so, yeah. you know, my wife is a teacher. And so when he's little, instead of putting him in daycare, I would take him with me. Practice, you know, back then didn't take a long time. Uh, and it was, <laughs> I would just bring him with me and just tell him, just just stay over there and be quiet. And of course, you know, Peter Laviolette's the head coach. And I'm trying to ask questions and it overcomes my son and he's asking, he's like saying things like, shh, quiet. <laughs> so when the, lo- when the locker room would open, this is how cool those guys were. You know, DiPietro was on that team. Uh, Osgood and Snow were goalies uh, as mm-hmm. well. Um, the Sean Bates was the team. one. Yeah, yeah, Batesy was there, and and Mark Parrish, one of my favorite people in the world. Uh, Adrian O'Coin, you know, just a really good group. Michael Pekka, Yashin used to rub my son's head for good luck. He would always do <laughs> yeah. that to him. So when you're around that, you know, yeah. like for him, it just everything was Islanders. It meant the world to him. The goalies used to put their goalie pads like in a square, put him in the middle like it's a little playpen, give him a frozen puck, you know, mm-hmm. to to mess with. And they're like, yeah, go, go, go interview people. We got them. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what he's growing up around with those wise asses. So it was mm-hmm. – um, but anyway, so that's what really made him an Islanders fan. But, you know, as far as uh, anyone else in the family, uh, my wife grew up a Rangers fan. And my daughter is just kind of choosing as she goes right now because she's seven. And so for her, it's just whatever's on TV right now. But she hates the Bruins. She does hate the Bruins. Okay. I, I like that. That's good I like to know. that. <laughs> so I, I want to uh... – you know, follow up on a question here. New York sports right now, I would say they're in really good shape, right? You have two perennial contenders in the Yankees and the Mets. You have the Rangers, Devils, and Isles all looking like playoff teams. The Giants obviously made the playoffs. You know, Jets right riding the ship. And then you have the Knicks who are obviously coming off that nine-game heater and, and playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Would you say New York sports are back? Or do you need a title to, to kind of kind of say that the 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 title is the the critical piece here right like you do Mm -hmm. eventually need to end this drought that has now been almost 12 years right so that that has to stop but the fact that you have what we have right now where you know i'm just looking at this calendar year you'll get you you'll likely get all three hockey teams you're going to get both basketball teams both baseball teams, Mets and Yankees, are expected to be the top in each of their leagues, right? The two of the better teams yep. in the entire sport. They should be in the playoffs. The Jets have a chance to get Aaron Rodgers. I mean, who the hell knows, right? But if they get him, obviously all bets are off. The Giants just made the playoffs. They brought back, you know, they, they, they've re-signed Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley. But they have a coach who we, we know knows what he's doing. So I, I don't think we've ever had a year work every single team in this market has made the playoffs in the same calendar year. I don't think that's ever happened. So that would be a start, but it's a lot mm-hmm. better than it was, you know, than it's been over the years where pretty much everybody stinks and maybe one or two teams are decent, but we're always let down because there's still no championship at the end of the rainbow. That still has to happen because it's been a very long time since I mean, we have two of everything and three hockey teams and we can't yeah. win a championship in 10 <laughs> years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to say we're all the way back, but it's good to, to see that these teams are actually competitive again. And it's the, you know, almost the entirety of it too. So, so who do you think is, is doing it first on that note? Who would, who yeah, would be your prediction? That's the classic sports radio question that we are doing these days. It's like, mm. who is the next, who is the one that has the best chance? 
And when, when the, the Patrick Kane trade happened, yeah. you know, after getting Tarasenko, having the goalie that you know can get you there, having already, you know, the players that were already on that team that got you a conference final, you had to feel like – I felt like the Rangers were that team. You know, I don't know what they're – these last couple of games, the way they've looked over this last stretch here where they look tired. The defense obviously is a lot thinner. Um, but they just seem to be loaded up. Bruins are so damn good, though. Is anybody really going to beat them? It's but be I want to put the Rangers at the top of the list, but I'll put – I'll say Mets, Yankees, then Rangers, only because of the presence of the Bruins that concerns me about the ability to get through them. And if they even did get through them, you'll be exhausted by the time you get to the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Mets and Yankees are just built to win. One of them has a great chance to do it this year. Uh, as well, or sooner rather than later. As you could well. say the Yankees. If, I'm a huge Yankee fan too. Don't worry. <laughs> oh no, no. I, I'm saying I, I actually would rather put the pressure on the Mets <laughs> than, than anything. But I would also, if the Aaron Rodgers things happen, I would put the Jets right there, right there in the top four. Yeah, I, I mean, all, all bets are off if they if they get Rodgers. I mean, you oh, yeah. only have him for a year or two, but all bets are off. So yeah, I'll 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 take two years of Aaron Rodgers instead of fifty years of not winning ever. There. <laughs> <laughs> fair yeah i actually want to dive into how we kind of got in touch in the first place because i had a twitter thread going like two weeks ago about just overall the popularity of hockey in new york versus all the other sports that you just mentioned and all these teams and cody and i talked about it last week how you know new york new york is one of those special cities that has two teams to root for in every sport like that's why it's almost fun to hate your neighbor but like it'd be so cool if we all had one team to root for but you stepped into that thread and you defended you know espn new york and said there are hockey guys in the radio and that you know, it's somewhat bullshit to think that the radio doesn't talk about hockey. Mm-hmm. But now that we're heading into this postseason and the Knicks are so relevant and Aaron Rodgers is so relevant because he's coming to the Jets. Like, how do you balance talking about the Rangers, Islanders and the Devils even too as we wind the season down and head into playoffs right now? Yeah, I mean, let, let me explain that whole thing first. And I take that stuff real personal because yeah. it, it does piss me off when you get that arrogance from and i know hockey fans like i know diehard mm-hmm. hockey fans i mean I'm not i got so life. fucking excited by the way when i saw that <laughs> well i mean think think about it like i understand that you want it to be like it's in toronto where we're talking about broken fingers you know for three hours right and then how <laughs> the Leafs got screwed again or anything like, I, I get it but we're not going to do that here because in toronto how many teams do you have that's it, right? That's all you got. You got two teams. Blue Jays, Blue Jays are in the summer. The Blue Jays are in the summer. Yeah. You're not really talking blue. They're not talking Blue Jays all the winter. It's the Raptors and the Maple Leafs, right? And then, then they'll get into Blue Jays. But there's not a great – that's not like a big Blue Jays town like it maybe was in the 90s. But here you've got so many teams. Football is king in this, in this country just like hockey is king in Canada, right? And you have mm-hmm. to accept that. Even basketball fans have to accept the fact – that on Monday, the Knicks had just beaten the Celtics in double overtime, right? That Sunday night, national mm-hmm. TV, an average of 2 million people watched that game nationally on ESPN. And in New York, beating Boston, it's like we needed a cigarette after a game like that, right? Like that's <laughs> yeah. how good you felt. And yet, Monday morning, it was Derek Carr Dang, was now off yeah. the table. going, to, And you have to understand that while we love basketball, and it matters, that story is a big story because it's football and there's a larger percentage of the population listening that are football fans. Mm-hmm. 
So then when you bring in the equation of, well, you know, how do you also balance the hockey conversation? I always say this, sports talk radio is like music radio, right? It's like pop radio. You play the hits. What do people want to hear? And you play it and you keep playing those songs because it's a different listener every hour. And so I'm not going to get to the fifth song, which might be a really good hockey story. And if I get to it, I'm not going to repeat it because it's just what the demand is. Now, that's mm. just from the business aspect. But when you say, oh, you can't talk that sport. That's why you don't talk it. That's when, I, that's when I'm ready to drop the gloves because yeah. <laughs> I, I look at the people we have on our staff and I'm thinking, let me start with me, the lowest one on the totem pole. All I did was cover the sport for seven years. All I was was on the, you know, I was on the executive board of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, which includes Canada, by the way, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, I have covered the entire lockout. I know Gary Bettman personally, right? Like, the, like you understand, like, so start with me. Yeah. But maybe I don't know a lot about the sport anymore because I'm not, I'm not an embed. Oh, but let me also add that my son plays, played prep hockey. He's a really good player. You know, he's going to play in college. But that doesn't matter either, right? Then we'll go with Don LaGreca. Don LaGreca, who's been on airways for 20 years in New York on that station. Don LaGreca does pre and post Ranger games and also does play-by-play -play for Ranger games. You think maybe he might know a little bit about hockey if he's actually calling games in, in arenas, traveling around the country? He might, but all right, maybe you'll say, no, nah, he's also mid. Okay, fine. He's mid. I love that. Then we have this guy that was a number one overall pick in the draft. I don't know. Maybe you've heard of Rick DiPietro, you know, like maybe you've heard of a guy that, you know, was a top pick, you know, played in the Olympics, played in the playoffs, mm -hmm. was an all-star. So is that not good enough to talk hockey? Then I guess we're not the station for you. Maybe instead you should listen to, you know, TSN up in Toronto talking about basically only one team and some rumors. You know, if that's what floats your boat, I can't get you to listen to our station. But don't ever say we don't talk about it because we can't talk about it. That's why I jumped into that thread. Yeah. There's things that you could say we don't do, and I can give you the reasons why. But don't say we can't because that is when that's that's when you'll get me fired up. Yeah, no, I, you got me fired up when you responded. I was like, "Holy shit!" Alan Hahn just jumped into this Twitter thread that I like. I was trying to defend hockey, and I'm what, what am I? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, but still, yeah. I mean, you. But you're a player. What do you mean? What yeah. are you? You're a player. Like, so you should yeah. have every right to defend it. You're a guy who grew up in this area, so you understand what it's like. I grew mm -hmm. up at a time where if the Rangers and Islanders played the night before, and God forbid it was a playoff game, when they played the night before, if your team lost, you did not want to get on the bus the next day. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not making this up. There was a stretch of time in the early 80s to mid-80s that when the Islanders and Rangers played each other and the Islanders lost that game, I knew I was getting my ass kicked <laughs> on the bus. Like, I knew it because you that's yeah. how heated it was. And we just – like, we just had so much passion for that sport. The, the newspaper was on the back page. And when I was covering the sport, I noticed – that as much as I covered it, it wasn't getting the same back page. It wasn't getting the same space in the paper. And I kept asking why. Like, wait a minute. I grew up. This game would have been a back page story. Why yeah. is now we're in the winter, but some baseball stories now dominating the back page? How is that? Like, how are we doing this? And it was just they were talking about readership and what people want and all the things, the research they do. And apparently the population of the sport started to wane after 1994. 
So the Rangers win the cup. The Islanders were terrible and just got worse and worse. The Rangers were good for a couple of years after the cup, but let's be honest, that fell apart. And by mm-hmm. the late 90s, early 2000s, both franchises weren't very good. Yeah. And when that happens, you kind of slip out of everybody's consciousness. When 15 years prior, one team was winning cups every year and the other team might have been the second best team in the East at the same time. We just don't have that anymore. And I'd love to see a day where we get back to that because if those two teams, the Islanders and Rangers, can be the two best teams in the East and they're like neck and neck trying to figure out who's going to go to the uh, to the finals, you'll see the coverage ramp up. You'll see the interest ramp up. And then you'll get people all around New York going, who can I listen to that knows about hockey? Yeah. And you'll know yeah. where you go. And that's why I kind of felt like I need to say that. No, I love that. Yeah. No, that's that's awesome. And that's a great point. Um, I want to ask you a basketball question here, and, and Johnny's probably laughing at me. So off-brand. <laughs> it is so off-brand for me. So, uh, you know, I, growing up, I obviously played hockey. I was a big baseball guy, and baseball, football, and hockey are my sports. But Can't hit a layup. <laughs> but, you know, no, hey, I can hit a layup, right? I got a nice jumper. But, um, no, so what are your thoughts on what element Josh Hart brings to the team? He's obviously helped them go 9-1 and one since they acquired him. So I'm, I'm curious who gave you that question. Well, he's, um, <laughs> his last name is so fitting, My buddy Ryan. you know, like, like his, his last name is so fitting. Um, it's, it's, it's like the perfect trade when you think about the way this team plays and then what they needed, which I kept looking at like off the bench, like they, they needed that glue guy, the gritty guy. Uh, 50-50 ball, you know, we always get them when before he came, never got them, right? Uh, rebounding, which is a big part of what the, the coach, Tom Thibodeau, is all about. Toughness, understanding where he is. You know, some people think that we overdo that in New York. Well, it's like, oh, you, you New Yorkers think playing there is just different than playing anywhere else. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And until mm-hmm. you experience it, you don't realize it. And when you come here and you have an understanding of it, well, you it's you like hit the ground running because you already know what it's about. Like after the game last night, so they lose to the Hornets. The non-game winning streak ends, and it was you know you could see it that 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 double overtime win in Boston took a lot out of them. It's fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes. Uh, Emmanuel quickly played. You know, it was like how are they going to recover from a game like that just one day later? And you could see it; they were flat, just didn't have the energy. And, and the Hornets yeah. aren't a very good team, but. They the Knicks didn't have enough in the tank. And so they had a chance to win, couldn't close the game, lose the game. Now it's not a 10-game winning streak, some disappointment. And so we all look and we all saw, we saw fatigue, right? Like we all saw, yeah, they look tired. Okay, so you give them, you give them one. You tell them, all right, you, you can see it's a schedule loss. Josh Hart didn't want to hear it. He had a great line. And he said, there are people that woke up at 6 a.m. this morning and worked a full shift 12 hours, and then maybe came to watch this game. That's tired. That's fatigue. Us, we're just playing a game. We can't use that as an excuse. And it's like, it sounds so simple, but it just tells you he gets it, right? Mm -hmm. So he's a great fit for the right coach at the right time on the right team, and and that's what's made his impact and what's made him so special. It's not like he's coming in averaging 40 a game. It's just his fit. It couldn't have been more perfect – with this group and it's really helped complete the rotation that that they use game in and game out he's been awesome i mean they were undefeated since he joined before last night yeah right? yeah, right. yeah. Um, yes, johnny that was the point of the question 
Okay. Uh, I know that was, I just knew that wasn't from you, but <laughs> wow. just, just piggybacking off of that a bit. Uh, you know, we talked about the excitement in New York sports, but right now, and, and listen, I'm not a baseball guy. So I know I understand from an outside perspective, how good Aaron judge might be and how good Pete Alonzo might be. And, and who's the closer, uh, uh, Edwin Diaz. I think I got that right. Was mm-hmm. that right? Yes. You but, did very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, since Lundquist, you kind of think about a king in New York sports. And right now we're seeing Randall, Brunson, Kane, Panarin, Fox, uh, Aaron Bar-Gall, Judge, Orvat, Judge. I know I'm getting into that. I said it's the first no, one I said. you should have been the first name you uh, dropped. Alonzo and, and uh, you know, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. And if Rodgers comes, like, who right now in New York Ross is Gardner. the king of New York sports? Like, I honestly don't know. Oh, no. Come on. It's Aaron Judge. It's Aaron Judge, yeah, dude. It's, it's Aaron Judge is <laughs> easily – yeah, he's easily the most – famous athlete right now it, well look you could argue all right we'll cut that that kevin <laughs> kevin durant you're gonna edit this out yeah kevin durant yeah, for the trade was a pretty popular guy kevin durant but pop, he's not here anymore but aaron i mean we just hit 60 home runs yeah you know like uh, he, he's I'm easily hit. the guy now if aaron if if aaron Rodgers is traded to the jets aaron judge won't even be the most famous aaron in you know new york so i mean he's mm. Rogers would be the biggest star of any of the teams. Okay. I thought there might have been an argument for Kane, but <laughs> no, no. Here, here's the thing, man. I've been to a lot of Ranger games in my life, and I've never been to a Ranger game where the entire arena erupted so much than when Aaron Judge, like, there was a cameo on the, you know, on the mm-hmm. screen and everything. Like, you could, I mean, dude, he just, he just shapes this city right now. Um, there are mm-hmm. a lot of other. I mean, New York has a ton of star power right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really do, but. I think to me that's a no-brainer. But yeah, if 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 Aaron Rodgers comes here, then then we got something to talk about. Yeah, I mean, again, it it should be like that in New York, right? It should always be. It should be stars, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it's always been. It's a big city, big market. It's Broadway. Every yeah. team should have stars, and and that's usually when yeah. things are buzzing, like when you got stars. That's why I love with the Rangers. The Rangers are loading up. You win with stars. That's what you do, and you take a shot with some of them. And see if you can roll the dice in one year and make some magic happen. That's why, again, I was all for it when the rumors started. And you could tell that 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 Kane wanted – he kind of wanted a bite of the apple. Like, he wanted the experience of it. He's played in the big market. He's done the original six thing. Chicago, three cups. You know, that town loves its hockey. He's a big star in that town. But as you can, again, ask Mark, Mark Messier. It just hits a little different. It's mm. a little different in this in this town. So came on the bite you of know, the I, apple. I, I love that one. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> you know that Mark Messier? You know that's that Messier story? Have you ever heard that Messier story? When uh, the Oilers were the young, the, the young Oilers back in the again, way, way, way back when they first came into the NHL. Uh and again, Messier's a little kid. He actually had hair. Uh Gretzky <laughs> is like a 12-year-old. Um, they came in for their first road trip to play the Rangers. And they were on the bus, and as the story goes, that's Messier's line: is is somebody said something about, oh, it's the Big Apple, and he was just like, I just want a bite, and that's like you know mm-hmm. foreshadowing all those years yeah. later, and him coming here and uh, yeah. and doing the unthinkable. That's a good story. Yeah, I, I didn't know that. All right, John, you want to do one more each? Yeah, that's cool with me. Alan, I cool with you. Yeah, whatever. Cool. All right, I'll, I'll I'll go first. Speaking of stars, so I'm a big TV guy. I know you've been part of four, but I got to know what was the experience like winning an Emmy and, you know, who I guess was the coolest person where, where you, were you ever starstruck? <laughs> the Emmy thing is being part of like 
like it's the closest thing to team sports you know you mm -hmm. can experience it's one of the things for me like going out of being in team sports and then when you're a sports rider it's really very individual it's you're competitive but it's one-on-one -on -one. you know you're not really feeling team then you get into broadcasting and you realize there's a producer there's a director there's sound people there's lighting people there's you know other people you work with co-hosts and everything you do is like a cohesion Mm -hmm. Um, so to be, to, to see like that awarded and everybody and all the great work that and you just feel like you're part of something like, that was what I liked about, you know, about seeing an Emmy, like opening a box and there's an Emmy award going like, Holy crap. You know, like, mm -hmm. what did I do? Yeah. What, what am I part of? You know, it's a, it's a really cool thing. And, um, starstruck, it's, it's funny when you get, again, when you get into this business, it can hit you early on when you're like in your first couple of years. Right where you're standing like <laughs> starstruck. Okay. The very first game official, not, not, not preseason, very first NHL game I ever covered was Islanders at lightning in 1999. So we're in Tampa. It's a season opener and we're in the press room and a guy taps me on the shoulder and he's like, you want a picture with Gordie Howe? And I was like, Sure. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like he must be, you know, somewhere signing autographs and, you know, taking pictures. He's standing right next to me. So I get up like, oh, my God. So I'm standing with Gordie Howe before the first NHL game of my, you know, covering the first game of my life. And we take this picture and it's hysterical. He's like, you know, oh, because I'm 6'6". Six, six. He's like, you're a big guy. And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, you know, what we used to do guys like you. Take him out at the knees. And I'm like, damn, Cody's going to kick my ass right yeah. now. Like, you know? <laughs> but, but he was fun. He was fun. He was fun. So he signed my game notes, which I've saved. Obviously, that's, that's the awesome. one thing I made sure to do is I saved. I never got the photo. The guy took the picture. Now, it's not the days of you have a cell phone. This is 1999 mm -hmm. now, guys. Yeah. I mean, this is, you know, <laughs> exactly. It's just his camera. And I never got the photo. So it's like, you want a picture with him? Yeah. How am I getting this thing now? How are you? So I never got the picture, and I wish I did. But I do have the autographed game notes. I told him it's my first game. He wrote, "Good luck." Like it was pretty cool. Wrote it out and all that stuff. And that's you know, awesome. that's when you're just kind of mesmerized, right? It was that, and then a like I think later that year, I forget which arena I was in, but I was getting on an elevator to go up to the press box, and the doors were going to close and suddenly it stopped and opened up and in comes Scotty Bowman. Mm. And he just, just me and him in an elevator. Like he's holding a pizza, <laughs> but it was like, you know, I'm like, wow. You know, and then there's, you know, little by little, it's those things that, you know, really, really struck me, you know, basketball, it never really hit me because when you play it, you just kind of like, these are people that are in your world. Like you don't, yeah. you don't yeah. really think that way. Um, and then, you know, stars and celebrities and stuff like that come along the way that you just realize like one day, like, holy crap, I'm texting with Ben Stiller about the Knicks. That's or, sick. Or, you know, <laughs> that's a good or, one. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. 2 a.m. and Chuck D is is texting me, asking me, hey, jump on a call. I got a question. I just watched the game and I don't know. What, and like, I'm talking to Chuck D like, <laughs> you know, like your life is like, well, this doesn't make sense. But that's, you know, that's different. But the Gordie Howe one, was that introduction to, okay, you know, you're not covering like, you know, local high school stuff anymore. You're around right. some real people and it's a cool memory. No, that's awesome. That's I, awesome. I actually, I always say this is my last one, but I have two now because you sparked another one in my brain. Uh, <laughs> Here we go. 
So I don't know if you're a big carb guy, but Cody and I did a, a draft like last week on our show about our three favorite slices of pizza in New York, whether it's, you know, we kind of did the city, but it could be Long Island as well. I'm a La Piazza Buffalo chicken until I die. I tried Linda Street in Brooklyn for the first time and then Prince Street Pizza for me. Those are my three. Wow. What are your favorite th- uh, three pizza spots in New York? One of them closed um, during the pandemic and it's heartbreaking. Pizza beat. Uh, there was one right by the garden. No, it was right by, it was like this hole in the wall kind of place. I don't know what kind of crack they were putting into the crust. Whatever it was, it was unbelievable. And mm-hmm. we would get it and we'd all agree. We're like, it's like a hole in the wall. I forgot what it was called even because I didn't, it didn't matter what it was called. I knew where to go. I would walk in. The guy, it was like the, it was like the soup Nazi guy from, from Seinfeld. Like he wouldn't smile. You would order something and he would just toss it to you. You mm-hmm. had to give him like you paid him. If oh, you ask true. for napkins, he would almost be like, you know, belligerent. You know, it was <laughs> that kind of a place. But I don't know what opium they were putting, like sprinkling over it. But every bite you took was just like, this is incredible. It was so good. Um, um, La Crosta, which was which is uptown, and they had um, a, a garlic crust that with with their just like a regular slice, which was again out of this world. It was really good. Um, and then the Long no Island, Vincent's? The, I mean, you know, I, I felt like that would be cliche if I oh, said basic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, mean? like, I, I don't want to be cliche, I, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to be cliche, but but yeah, I mean, Little Vincent's, you can never go wrong with that one. Um, but I'll tell you what, there was a time when Pizza Bar first opened, it's in Woodbury. Uh, I, that their margarita was you know off the charts, I would get mm-hmm. it all the time, all mm-hmm. the time. Love so, pizza. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big pizza guy. I'll uh, okay. So remember roses under the garden? That used to be the spot. That's the the four fourteen a.m. drunk pizza before you go back to Long Island after a night in the city. We're eighteen or nineteen. R.I.P. R.I.P. But my last one out of the four teams right now: Rangers, Islanders, Knicks, Devils that are playing, you know, contending for the playoffs. Which team out of the four do you think exceeds expectation, and which do you think disappoints the most? Wow, great question. Thank you. <laughs> exceeds well, I was saying because exceeds expectations. I guess so, the expectations right now are a little different, but because the expectations, let's see, the Devils' expectations, right? They are arguably, I mean, they are the best team. They've been mm-hmm. all year, but they're so young. Is your expectations for them to make a run? I think see, it's similar to the Rangers at, last year. I look at the, I, I see, I look at the Devils like, like, let me yeah. see what they do in a playoff series. You know, yeah. I don't know because they don't know. You know, the game changes and matchup. The way the playoffs matchups are is, just, your first rounds could be a killer. So it's going to be against expect, us. Expect, well, be- imagine that, right? Yeah. Imagine that. So I would probably say the team that exceeds expectations. Like I think at the this, Knicks at this point right now, I, I would, pro- I, I would, I would say the Knicks. Because mm-hmm. the original expectations for them was going to be a 7-10 play-in and maybe you get into a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Now the argument is, can they win a playoff round? Can they get home court advantage? All that stuff is right now is very much on the table. So with that in mind, I think they're – whatever – I see them as a team that could exceed expectations. The Rangers, once you make a trade for Tarasenko and Kane, expectations are you got to get to the finals, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I yeah. think that has to be your expectation. Yeah. So to exceed it would be to raise the cup. I don't know. The Nets are because of what they've done. Them. <laughs> yeah, it's like what, what after what they've done. It's like what what is expectations? Expectations mm-hmm. are 
maybe get a sellout for one of your playoff games. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, and the Islanders, to me, if they exceed expectations, it was, it's probably them winning a playoff round. They've been so good for the last couple of years. And they had that fallback last year. And then this year has been just still kind of like a, a weird stage that they're in. So I don't know how to describe what they are, but I know that two years ago, I, my expectations were win a Stanley cup and that is not the expectations anymore, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, Alan, we want to thank you so much for doing this and uh, yeah, it's it was awesome, man. You know, it, was, it was really cool getting to talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. My pleasure. It's good to catch up with you guys. We really want to thank Alan Heim once again, such a fun guy to talk to. Uh, it's been a great time man. to be a Knicks fan. Great time to be a Rangers fan. Great time to be a New York sports fan. But let's go into this week's draft, which thanks to Andrew Smith, we're going to do bars in New York City. Uh, Cody, do you want to take it off for the first one? Yeah, I feel like we got to do like a five-round draft for this. Not a Yeah, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. So does Brooklyn count or no? You know, I was thinking about that because you live there. I feel like we yeah. should just do Manhattan, but I feel yeah, like I always fine. ride off Brooklyn for you. So if you want to throw in Brooklyn, you can, but don't make a habit of it, sir. Um, all right. So, you know, I've been in New York City for, for a while and I've I've been there. I mean, I, I've been coming here since I'm a kid, but, you know, when I was 21, I'd come here, whatever. So I feel like you get all your different phases of bars. So I'm going to go kind of you know my now phase and maybe a little bit mid so i'm gonna start with a rooftop bar that's super fun and i'm gonna go with broken shaker i've heard of it i've never been Sick. i've heard it's a really good drinks time. Are, dude in the summer it's popping mm-hmm. and they're drink. you would love it you would love it i i started going there when i was like 26 and their uh their drinks are so sick it it is true how you like do you have the you know the parts of your life or the bars that you go to totally like, no totally because like yeah. i i had a whole bunch of that i was thinking of like hotel chantel sweet and vicious yep. like Public. all those but dude i haven't been there since i'm 23 so i'm like i yeah. can't stay any of those but then i have but i feel like once you get like 25 and or like no nah, maybe like 26 27 and up like i have my bars that i go to that are still fun but like you could also still go to rooftop bars so like mm-hmm. rooftop bars are the secret like like you know, the secret sauce. Like if I really wanted to, I could probably go to Mr. Purple and, and get away with it. Yeah. It's actually funny. I've, I, before I say mine, I guess I'll just share a quick story. Like I went to one and one like two years ago. <laughs> yeah. One and one's a good one. But I, but I had never been there. So I didn't Dude. know. Cause I didn't live in New York till I was 24, 25. Remember I the night I went out with you at sweetie or whatever. Yeah, that place is fun. I like that Dude, place. Dude, I went to one on one before that. Really? And I was like, I was like, oh my God, I, I'm too fucking old to be here. Wait, you're gonna love this story. So people like forget that I never had that like 22, 23, 24 city experience because I was still in school. But I went to one on one when I was like twenty like late twenty-four, I think. And I was talking to a girl and she was pretty cute. And she asked me where I went to school. And I was like, Oh, I went to UMass and Mercyhurst and you know, whatever. I was like, Where'd you go? And she goes, I'm going to Duke in the fall. I was like, you're in fucking high school. Get the like, get out of here. <laughs> like, I, I was like, I was hitting on her. I didn't know. Oh my god. Yeah. It was. It was. It was pretty wild. But I thought people would like that story. But I'll go with, uh, you know, your your vibe right now that you said a bar you go to right now, right? Like that's kind of where we're at right yep. now. Yep. And, and I've been going to Brass Monkey a lot. Uh, that's been a spot dude. That I've been going to. It's so funny you say that. It mm-hmm. is so funny you say that because I kid you not, and I don't want to make you feel like an asshole. But when I was like. <laughs> 22 to 24 that was uh-huh. my go-to bar 
Like that really? was my go-to bar, dude. Like when is I was it a younger dude, scene? Yeah, bro. It's really? definitely it's definitely like I mean you can get away you can get away with it at twenty six, yeah. but like I feel like you're you're at your peak. Like second you turn twenty seven, bro, you gotta figure some shit out. Yeah, go but, ahead. Um, no, but but dude, I, I I used to love that bar. It would be like you would go to the standard, grab mm-hmm. a drink there outside, and then you'd hit up Brass Monkey and that would be your night. Or or do you know the place park? No. Dude, go to park, man. It it's like Brass Monkey, except it's way bigger. Mm-hmm. and it's it's right in that area too it's way bigger and like there's like trees inside and shit it's really cool i used to go there all the time that was like my go-to when i was you know single before i was married but my problem is um, i don't know where anything is i go to yeah, these dude, bars it, but like i'm always going when i'm drunk bro. so i don't remember like where the place is yeah uh, well, right, look, up, the look up the park look up the park who know i mean maybe covid shut it down who knows but mm-hmm. the my my like go like brass monkey was one of my vibes, but like my go-to spots, like before, you know, I was married and all that shit was, <laughs> was the park and session 73, which also closed from COVID session 73 was such a vibe, but all right, we're getting distracted. All right. Yeah. Number two, this is a classic. I feel like you, I can go now. I could go five years ago. I'm going with red line. Yeah. That's a classic. I'm, I'm Last time I was there, it just gave me bad taste. Though it's so crowded really? in there, it's so my crowded. Friend, my friend's brother, uh, like, is like their like staple band there. So he, oh, was, really? so he would, we used to always like go. Yeah, it's a great spot. It's a great yeah. spot. Yeah. But it is, it's so hard to move in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll go with that same vibe, and I, I, I am guilty of going to this place, uh, probably four months ago, and I literally there was one summer I went every single Friday, and that's LPR. That's a staple. Never been to LPR. What? You ever been to LPR? No. Oh my god! You would- maybe maybe I have, but I was drunk. I don't know. Oh my god! LPR is like as far as like being twenty to twenty four goes in New York. Like that is an automatic. You want a fun night? You go to LPR every Friday night. They have a live nineties band. Dude, like, that was literally- like us at Bowery Electric. Yeah, like. Oh my God. LPR is my favorite place ever. I literally went every Friday for one summer, like 2018, like that summer I was going every weekend. It was, it's my, it's my probably like my all time favorite New York city place, but I'm okay. too old to go now. Okay. I like it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Bowery electric for my third round, I'm going to go with 310 Bowery. That's a classic, always a fun mm-hmm. time. Uh, another one you can go like early to mid twenties to late twenties and it's a good time. Yeah, it's going. I, I like that place. I've only been like twice, but I've had a good time both times I went there. It's hard to get in. They actually, I was wearing shorts in the summer and they wouldn't let me in. <laughs> mm. I was kind of pissed. I'll go with uh, one that I feel like you would like, one that I go to now. I haven't been a bunch, but I every time I go there, it's fun. That's somewhere nowhere. Oh, dude. I've been to, yeah, yeah I've been there plenty of times. Somewhere yeah, nowhere is a good time. time. Yeah, mm. somewhere nowhere is a good time. Please don't tell all those, all those kind of vibes are a good time. Um, all right. I was going to, Okay, I'm gonna the last two rounds. I'm gonna go by my humble abode now. So I'll do you know Upper East Side. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna do Stumble In, even though Stumble In's a classic. I'm gonna go with the Penrose because it's super fun. Oh, you would love it there. These are bars I probably just never heard of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you need uh, you haven't heard of the Penrose? Hmm. Oh, dude, the Penrose is a classic. It's a great brunch spot too, um, and it turn it's super fun bar. Uh, drinks are great. Really good time like good date night um yeah so i'm gonna go with the penrose for round four i'm trying to think if i should go like with one now or one younger um do one now do one now let them know where they can stalk you yeah um, 
trying to yeah sweetie is a, i mean sweetie's a good one uh in the east village i've had a lot of fun there I'm, i'll say sweetie that's like a it's okay. honestly though it's like a you know sweetie's like that sweaty frat basement kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, yeah. don't recommend going there if you have a girlfriend or boyfriend mm-hmm. but if you're single great spot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay for my last one I'm going to go with an interesting one here, and and this place is super, super, super fun. Definitely a different vibe than, like, you know, the classic night out bar, but it's a piano bar, and it turns into, like, super fun, like, like singing. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, it's awesome. It's called Brandy's. Uh, every Friday and Saturday, when I tell you it is, like, you can't get in. After 930, you can't get in. There's 100 people. It's a hole in the wall. The entire bar has to be, like – 300 square feet it's it's crazy they'll pack like a hundred people in there uh it's a super fun time and they literally play classics until like three in the morning and they have like different musicians that sing play piano and shit it's super super fun and a great spot to get loaded all right i'll take i'll take your word for that one that sounds like a fun spot we should we should actually uh we should do one of these meetups or something in one of these bars at some point maybe for a playoff game first road game yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't say the 13th step. That's like my favorite place to watch sports. Uh, well, you can't I, say the 13th step as your last no, one. You got to give us, got to give us a good, good one. I'm gonna go with Little Ways. You been there? Little Ways? I don't know. I think it's in the West Village, but it's a great. So Little Ways, when I first became single, was like the spot to like start your night. You know, buy two or three drinks, meet a cute girl, maybe, and and kind of just like ride the night out. That's always like where I started my night. And my friend Jack loves it there. Um, you know, it's a good restaurant downstairs and like a nice bar upstairs. So it's kind of a little bit of both. Um, but yeah, little ways is, is a really fun spot that I love going to. I'll probably go there within the next weekend or two. Um, but yeah, it's can a good you spot. give us, can you give us a bonus round of a Brooklyn bar? Radigas for sure. It's right next door to me. It's a German beer garden place bumps Radigast. every Saturday. I try to nap on a Saturday and I can't cause the band's fucking playing all day and all night. Um, but yeah, Radagast is like an old school German beer garden, like wooden tables, everyone's standing on them, like, you know, beer, uh, mugs are flowing. Um, just a great time, live band, live music, uh, great overall vibe. Radagast is like my staple just cause I live right next door. So, uh, highly recommend that. Do you have a, a, a bonus round one? Um, so there was a bar that I went to in Brooklyn that was super super fun. It was outdoors. I went there for a tailgate. Probably day. it it tailgate's wasn't, a great one. It was oh where was it? Oh my gosh, this is gonna actually drive me nuts. It wasn't. If you said the name, I would know. Um, Barry Park. It's like a what? What was that? Barry Park. Barry Park. Barry Park. Yeah, yeah. How do you Park? know? Yeah, yeah Barry I mean, Park. Barry outdoor Park. bars, you know. Yeah, yeah. So that would be my one. Barry Park. Uh, yeah, it was super super fun. Good good mm-hmm. vibes. Uh, really good time. I also want to tell you a story because I, I like I like sharing my dating life on here. I feel like we can okay. be a little bit personal. So yeah. last week, this is actually pretty funny. You're gonna laugh. Last week, this girl just followed me out of nowhere, and I I like clicked on her page, saw we had mutual friends. This is on Instagram, and I okay. was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna send a DM. I DM'd her at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. I, I worked out, and I was like, I feel good. I'm just gonna let, let this one ride out. Okay. And uh, she didn't really answer. She did answer, and then like didn't get an answer like after I replied. So like okay. it's like a week later. I went to Kotobuki with my two friends from high school on Friday night. I walk in. She's in front of me in line. No way, yeah. dude. How did you know it was her? Just from the pictures? Well, she was with her friend who I know. 
And I, oh. and her friend, her friend said hi to me, and I was like, oh my god, is that is that? I'm not gonna say names. Is that her? Uh, and and she was like, yeah. And then uh, I In told my you said that. Yeah, and and I told why well, I told my so. I was the first one there to my friends and I called my friend. And I was like, yo, you'll never guess who I ran into so-and-so and so-and-so. Yeah. She actually ghosted me on Instagram last week when I DM'd her and she was standing right next to me when I said that and she was laughing. So story gets funnier. Friday night I go to, no, this that's Friday night. Saturday night okay. I go to this kid's birthday party at, at some random bar I've never been to. I went because uh, my family friend like wanted me to go. I went with my roommate. Like we didn't know anyone. I'm at the bar buying this kid a drink because I was like the first one there and it was his birthday. And I was like, ah, oh, buy a drink. Like, thanks for having me. Whatever. And first girl that walks in, her. No way, dude. Yeah. What's the chance of this? Dude, never met her in my life. She followed me last week. I DM'd her. I saw her back to back nights this weekend. Like, did, did you do anything about it? So I got her number on Saturday night. I think we're actually going to go on a date this coming Saturday. Question so, though, did she tell yeah. you why she ghosted you? Um, she, well, I don't want to give too much away. She was like traveling, I guess, like said she, was jet lag forgot you know whatever so, so you're unimportant all right it makes sense yeah. but she did say when when i told my friend like when i was staying next to her that she ghosted me she thought it was pretty confident and funny and i was like well yeah you know um okay. so, so she actually like she approached Lager. me on saturday to talk to me at the bar and then gave her my number texted her and then she texted me like would like to see you again so love that nice little meet okay. cute story maybe we'll see what happens we shall see. Uh, all right, and let's wrap up this week with this week's slate. So we have crazy today, games. Yes. So today, by the time this episode drops, we got the Caps, and then on Thursday we have the Penguins. Saturday the Penguins again, and Sunday the Preds. So I'm going to start off. I do like how we play against the Caps. You do because um, we fucking sucked against them this year. I know, I know, I know. I got shut out four nothing last time. Well, didn't we? Didn't we play? The oh no, no, that was that was two games ago. Then they smoked us in Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Caps have not been kind to us this year. No, 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 they haven't. But yeah, wait, didn't we beat them six to two? Was that opening day? No, the uh, this year we played the Caps twice. We lost six three last time in DC that Saturday afternoon Holy game, and then shit. we lost four nothing. Oh my god, I'm getting them. I'm literally getting them confused with Tampa. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I don't like how we play. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like but, how we play against the Caps. They just fucking smoke us every time. They haven't <laughs> seen our two secret weapons. Uh, yeah. Three. Sorry, Tyler Mott. I can't forget you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we should be getting Lingren back. So. I feel kind of good about this game. I'm gonna say four to one Rangers. It's bold. It is bold, but I but I like it. The Caps have also been, you know, not the best hockey team as of late. They've won like three of their last five, but this team is very all over the place. Um, but I I don't think the Ra- like I don't I don't think the Rangers are gonna come out and like dominate. Uh, What's your prediction? You know, I see it being like a, a three two. You know, I think a low-scoring game. Uh, I, right now, I'm just not confident in the Rangers' offense that they're they're going to score four goals. Um, okay. So I'm I'm going three two three one, and I'll say the Rangers win, but I don't think that it's like a high-scoring game. I mean, it's not that wasn't too different from your prediction, but no shit. Yeah. Um. All right. Whatever. So, anyways, Thursday we got the Pens. This is hard to predict because it's like a back-to-back at home. Um, yeah. Not a back-to-back, but one day in between. I'm gonna say we get our revenge here. I think it's gonna be another nail biter. Uh, and I think this is going to be a four to three game. And I like the Rangers in OT this time for us to get the dub. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like one is going to be the total opposite of the other. Like, I feel like this one's going to be a little more high scoring and the second one's going to be a little more low scoring well, just because okay. you're on the opposite. Like, I think this one's going to be like, like, I think the Rangers explode here maybe and go like, and I'll say like a, you know, five, two, five, two Rangers win on, on this okay. guy on Thursday. So funny enough on Saturday's game, I was going to say the Penguins five to two. Okay. Yeah. I, I think, think, I think Saturday is the opposite. I think Saturday is like a one, nothing two one two nothing like super close game. The Penguins will win. Okay. Okay. So, so, so far we're, we're two and one. We have all the right, all the So funny out. how we do this with like no fucking idea. No <laughs> um, all right. well, you know, they do say the NFL is scripted. So surprise. So is the NHL, but, mm. um, okay. Just kidding. So Sunday we have the Preds. This one's going to be interesting. Cause I feel like the Preds always play us incredibly tight. Like and they're pushing one, nothing, the still. one, nothing game, two to one game, three to two game. Uh, I do think this is going to be kind of a close game. I like our odds because we're home for this whole stretch. So I'm going to say the Rangers have a good week. I'm going to say we beat the Preds uh, three to. I'm going to go three to one. I'm going to go three to one. Rangers win, so they finish the week three and one, and and kind of get back on track here a little bit uh, heading into Tuesday against the Canes. I think it's going to be a stinker. I think I think it's one of those games where the Rangers like play down to their level and Nashville wins like four nothing or four to one. I think the Rangers okay. I think they completely shit the bed in this game, especially after having two emotional games against the Penguins. I think this is gonna be a huge, huge letdown. And like Nashville, John, like Johnny said earlier, he has zero insight. He's an idiot. He's been called an idiot many, many times. So well, Nashville's been good. They're five points out of the playoffs right now. So like every game for them really matters. Not that it doesn't matter for the Rangers, but I think Nashville is just going to be the more desperate team, and the Rangers. When you're playing the Penguins back to back, it's just yeah, it's hard to get up for those kind of games in Nashville against Nashville. So I think, I think I I would not go to the game Sunday if I was a Ranger fan. Okay, that's fair. Um, yeah, I think that's gonna wrap it up for this week. And uh, yeah, now now to Johnny, send it away. No, we gotta let you send it away. But we're gonna have another episode, obviously, this coming week, and it's gonna be a very different kind of guest, a professional athlete, not one that you uh, might be thinking, but uh, a professional athlete, a huge Islanders fan. So it'll be a little fun to chirp him and, and whatnot because uh, he talks a lot of shit to me on Twitter. So uh, that'll be fun. But Cody, you send it off. LFGR, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.